Today's daf is Koach Chavches, and we are beginning at the bottom of Chavzayin Amud Beis, two lines from the bottom. Yesterday we discussed the concept of Gilgal Shvur. So we said that even though on Karka, on land, you generally do not make any Shvan al Karkos, but through a concept of Gilgal Shvur, that if there is, for example, a mode of a mixer situation that involves metaltalin and karka, so you can roll over the shvur from the metaltalin and make the person take it on the claim on the karka as well. And the question is, where do we know this concept of gilgal shvur, literally rolling over a shvur, that you can apply it into situations where normally it would not be a shvur based on a situation where there is a shvur? We want to say we learn it out from Sota, because we says that Vamra Isha Amen Amen that she has to say Amen Smashba you bring Mashbia her more than one time. So it means that she has to take an oath. We said on what happened with the Kinoyan Stira of a Nesua, she can also roll over if you have a claim against her, or you're concerned about something that might have happened when she was an Arusa. So you're covering your basis. So that's a Gilgal Shvur. So we learned it out from, from Sotas. So the Gemara's question today is generally, we have a rule in, in, in Shas, is that Mamona Meisura Lo Yalfinon, is that monetary matters are not uh, derived from prohibitions. Right. Now the concept of Sota is clearly Isser. We're applying it to the case of Gil on, 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 on Karka and Mom, that's that Mammon. So Freg de Gemara to Lechaira Eshkechan Sota, you just showed us where we see the concept of Gilgul Shua by the case of Sota, which is the Isura, which deals with Isser. Mamona Minolan, how do you know that you can apply it to our Mishnah, which is dealing with situations of Mammon? So Tana de Rabbi Yishmol, he said it's a Kalva Chaymer. You cannot elicit the oath of a shvu, or the oath of a, on a, of a, shvu, a, 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 a sota to take, forcing her to swear, unless there's been two adim by the stira. You need to have two adim to cause that. So you see that it's much more difficult to create, to extract the shvu of a sota. And still, Megalgalin, uh, you can still roll it over to situations where you can't make a shvur. So even though on one hand it's more difficult to extra, extract the shvur, but nevertheless we give you the capacity to be Megalgo. Mamon shenitan litava be'ed echot. Mamon, the whole din of shvur by Mamon is with a one aid. You have a person's call for a call, he doesn't have to take an oath. If you have one aid testifying that he owes you the money, he has to take the oath. So by Mamon, where it's easier to extract the oath using one aid, so Kalvachomer, that what? The Torah would allow you to be Megalgal the shvur. So no din shemegalgalin, that you can do it. So therefore, that's how we know that you can do Gilgal Shvur by moment as well. Now, I want to set up the next question. It's very difficult. Uh, just uh, the, some of the concepts uh, here, I, I think it needs to be explained well. So, Mora is going to ask the following question. We, we know that the concept of Gilgal by the Mammon, the case we had by the Gilgal by the Mammon was I say you owe me uh, $20,000 in cash, and you owe me another $10,000 in land. I'm making a Vada claim. You owe me both. 
So on the, normally on the $10,000 of land, I wouldn't have been able to get an oath out of you. But since I can get an oath out of you on the $20,000 of cash, I can roll over the oath and make you have to swear on the $20,000 of cash. So that's saying, that's applying Gilgul's for the case onto the money. What about the, the, we see that the Gemara in uh, other places in Shas uses the case of Gilgal <coughs> for another scenario. There is a law that when part, uh, a partnership dissolves, when there's a, uh, what's it called, dissolution yeah. what is it, uh, of, 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 of partnership, there's usually going to be uh, you're concerned that maybe you took what you shouldn't have and you took what you shouldn't have. So under normal circumstances, they can't make each other swear. Because no, there's not even a vada claim. I mean, I, I'm afraid you might have done. You're afraid you might have taken. But the Gemara says over there that if there's a Gilgal's for, let's say one of the partners owes the other partner an oath. That's an oath, like a mode of a mixus. Once you can already make him take the oath because of the mode of a mixus, let's say, so then you can also roll over that if you're if that you you're concerned that maybe and uh, uh, when when the partnership dissolved that person had taken things that he wasn't allowed to take or during the partnership he took things that he wasn't allowed to take you can now be mechay of him to take a shvur that he has not taken anything uh, illegally now and that's using the concept of gilgul shvur so one's question is like this is that Lechora, what we've learned out, what we learn in our case, in our Mishnah, where we're learning Gilgul Shvua, is that there is a Shvua that's based on a Vadai claim on a mode of a mixtas. You owe me a hundred dollars. Now I'm going to owe you, and you say I only owe you fifty. I'm going to roll it over to another Vadai claim. You owe me land. So when both claims are Vadai, I understand that you're extending the one claim on Metaltalin to the other claim of Karka. And so Moses, I can live with it. That's how Gilgal is working. <coughs> but to take it to the next step, how do you know you can take it to the next step? Lechora, if I say that uh, you owe me a hundred dollars, say you only owe me fifty, and now I can make you take an oath that during the partnership you never took anything that you weren't allowed to take, that second oath that I'm rolling onto, I don't have any proof that you did take anything that you weren't supposed to take. I don't have any, it's not a Vada claim. I'm just concerned that maybe you did. So how do you know that we have a right to say a Gilgul into a situation where it's going from a case of a, a Vada'i, the first Shvua is Vada'i, and now you're rolling it onto a Suffolk situation. That's the Gemara's question. So, uh, because we see that the Gemara does do that. It makes, if you, once you learn, you can do Gilgul Shvua, you can roll it from a Vada'i Shvua to a case where there is a, a Vada'i claim to a case where there's a Suffolk claim. Now, Rashi points out of, it means everybody understand the question. Rashi points out at Lechorah, isn't the case of Sota a Suffolk? The case of Sota also is a case of Suffolk. And you see the primary source where you're learning out Gilgal from is a case of being Mashbiya on a Suffolk. So Rashi answers, listen to what Rashi says. Rashi says, the Gemara felt is that really the first claim is uh, the second claim becomes an extension of the first claim. So in the case of Sota, the Torah lets you swear in the first claim, which is a Sofeg. Sofeg, because you are still stira when you were, let's say, a, a Nasua. It's also only a Sofeg. And then I extend it to the case of Eresin, which is a Sofeg. But both claims are Sofeg claims. They're equal type claims. The first one's a Sofeg. The second one's a Sofeg. So in other words, that we can understand. 
And therefore, in the case of Mammon, the first one's Vada, the second one's a Vada claim, I can also understand. But to be Megalgal from a Vada claim to a Suffolk where they're not, <coughs> they're not similar in terms of the, the type of claim, so that maybe you don't know you can do. That's what Rashi says. That's the, the under, underpinnings of the question. So the question is that all you see is by Sota, it's a Suffolk to a Suffolk. And the case of our mission, it's a Vada to a Vada. Who says you can make a case of Gilgal when it's a Vada claim? being rolled over onto a case of Sophie. Right? Everyone understand? I say you owe me, I know you owe me a thousand dollars. You say, you know, I only paid you, I paid you back five hundred. But my claim, I'm saying you owe me, I'm saying maybe you owe me. You owe me a thousand dollars. That's a Vada claim. Right? Now, maybe you touched, took something you shouldn't have taken in the, in the partnership. That's a Suffolk claim. That's not a Vada. I don't know you for sure did. I'm saying maybe you did. Swear you didn't. But I'm not, that's, that's the case where it would be a Suffolk. Alright, let's see it inside. So says the Gemara like this. Eshkechon, Vadai, I see that you can do a rollover from a case of Vada to Vadai. But Suffolk may not learn, but where do you see that you can go from a case where there's a Vada claim to roll it over to a situation of Suffolk, like in the case of partners? So Tanya of Shimon Yochai Omer, Nemra Shvua Bechutz, the Nemra Shvua Bifnim. There's two ways to learn this in the Rishonim. So let's go with the Ritva's way. He says, it says the word Shvua Bechutz. The word Shvua is used outside, concerning matters outside the Beis Amikdash. The word outside the Beis Amikdash, that's the regular case of Momon. Momon is monetary cases which are happening outside the Beis Amikdash. The Torah uses the word Shvua. And it also says, Venema Shvua Bifnim. And it also uses the the uh, word Shvua for a case of the Shvua that's inside the Azara, inside the Beis Amikdash. What's that referring to? Sota. So, Ma Shvua Morabifnim Kevadai. Just as the case of Sota, we're not Machalik between a Sophic and a Vadai. And it works even in situations of Sophic. So too, the Shvua, the Gilgo Shvua that's going to be learned outside from the outside of the base of Megdash, from the case of Soto, we're not going to make a Chilu between Sophic and Vadai. Now, the Ritvah's learning is the Gzeir Shava. His mom's learning is the Gzeir And the reason why he's learning it, because now you don't have the question. Maybe it's there because it's a Sophic and a Sophic, and here it's a Vadai and a, va- a Vadai. Who said it works for Sophic and Vadai? Because once you're making it a Gzeir Shava, so ain't Meshivan Allahekas. You don't ask, you can't ask that question. It works. It works whether it's a case of Sophic or it works whether it's a case of Vada. You have a Gzeir Shava that tells you Gilgul Shvul works. You can't be Machalik with Svaras when you have a Gzeir Shava. That's the way the Ritvah looks. Other is shown him learn that this is not an actual Gzeir Shava. It's like a Mamat We find. We find it works inside, and we find it works outside, just as it works inside to suffix, so it works outside when it's a, uh, when it's a suffix. But the only problem is, then you're gonna have Rashi's kasha, then what was the Havamina when he made the Kavachomer? Cause the only reason Rashi said he made the Kavachomer, the question was over there, is that we only see it's working when it's equal, suffix to suffix, and now it's working vada to vada. So now you're making the Mamatzina, what changes? So what I, I, right, everyone understand? So next to each other. The words are similar, and this mamatsino is a logical inference. Mamatsino is a, a binyanav that the Torah reveals it in one place and allows you to apply it to another without a scriptural application of it, conceptual, like a binyanav. 
somebody must have passed that on. But you can ask us. No, that's, it's, it's also logical. The Torah said in one place means you can apply it to other. If you're, but you can, if you have a svara to be mechalik, then you can't make that distinction. Zera shavu, there's no ein meshiv and alahekish. That has to be through <coughs> tradition. That's correct. It only works by suffix. It's what you see. Gilgushva works by suffix. So therefore, Gilgushva by moment will work by suffix. Now I think I'm just saying is that if you don't learn it's exerus shava, then then you don't learn it's exerus shava. Then what's changed? I think that you could say the territory is like this. What the Gemara is answering as a suffix kavadai is that the Torah considered Sota wasn't, we don't look at a Sota like a Sophic. The Torah considers, because otherwise, what I mean, think about it, your woman is only being suspected, and you're dealing with her, she becomes also to her husband, she loses Zuxuva. So what the more saying is, also Sophic Avada is, we're dealing with the situation of a Sophic case, we're dealing with it as a Vada. So what you learn out from there, when it comes to the Dinim of Gilgul Shvua, we give the status of a Sophic no difference than if it would be a... Vadai. And that's why you could apply it to the case of Mormon as well. Anyway, it's something to think about. I don't want to get into it. It was Vadai for the Stira portion. Yeah, but that's not what she's taking the Shwa on. She's taking the Shwa that she didn't, didn't have. Uh, Some form all of right. that. All right, so it says it more like this. Vaiter. Ad Heichan Gilgul Shwa. To what extent are you Megagal Shwa? Means what is there, what are the boundaries on how to, how far can you ask a person to take an oath using the Koach of a Gilgul Shwa? So I'm Rabbi Yudam Rav. So he gives an example what he considers to be a far out application of Gilgoshvur. So now he says to somebody, if you would go over to a person and say to him, "You're my Evatnani," right? Probably get a black eye, right? I mean that that doesn't. But if you but if you have a situation that the person owes you an oath, and now you want him to swear that he's not your Evatnani. So Lachara, you could be Megalgal onto the fact that he's not Jeva Knani. That is the extent, that, that, that shows the outer limits of how you can even use Gilgosh for, even to a case which would normally seem like a ludicrous, ludicrous <coughs> case. So the Gemara says like this. Says the Gemara, what are you talking about? The halacha is that if you call someone an Evid Knani without having any basis, the din is, is that you get put in Cherem. That's the punishment for it. Because when you're saying something, it's a tremendous, uh, uh, you're casting tremendous, oh, casting right. tremendous aspersion on someone. You're saying to somebody, you're not Jewish, you're an Evid Knani. Somebody who calls somebody an, an Evid Knani, you're not a Jew, you're basically disconnecting him from the Jewish people. And the Amida Kenegad Mida, the punishment on that is that you become disconnected from the Jewish people, you put into Kherim. So how could you think that you allow through a Gilgul Shvua, to have somebody swear that you're against your claim. You can't, you can't make a claim against the Jew unless you have basis for it. So to make an Gilgul Shru on that, you can't, that's, that's no Havman you would be allowed to do what's it. What's the claim anyway? You're not my servant. Like, what's, what he, what's he saying? Swear that you're not. I say you have, to, you, might, you have to come back. You might have a Knani. You ran away from me. He's saying that you are. So the Ebed is making him swear? <coughs> no, the owner is saying that the Ebed is his servant. This Jew is saying is, you need to take a note that you're not my Ebed Knani. So why is it like this? So says the Gemara, says the what do you mean? How shmuti To make such a claim against another Jew, we put you in Cherem. What do you mean? You're going to lie to make a good little to make a guy take an oath on that? We put that guy in Cherem. To sign him, to the Eved, You put him in Nidur. You call someone a Mamzer, so the Gazar Boyim. You walk over to somebody, you call him a Mamzer, you get Malkus. Let me drop one, they give you Malkus. Again, it's also a meter connected meter. Because a Mamzer becomes also to have relationships with any woman. 
other than a mamzeris or a gior, and the punishment for it is malchus. So you're now saying that anyone that you have relations with, you have malchus, so you're going to get malchus, but we give you malchus. Russia. If you call someone a Russia, so now Russia is, it's not, he's still a yid, you're not calling him a mamzer, he can marry whoever he wants, but when you call someone a Russia, basically you're saying that you're a person that people have to avoid, you cannot be trusted. So ultimately you're hurting him in business. So the halacha is, so you've been called a Russia, we're not gonna deal with it in base, and don't, we don't have, don't bring us any liable cases here, we don't, but what you're allowed to do, normally, you're not allowed to do something to hurt someone else's business. But if he, called you a Russia, we allow you, you want to open up a store next to his store, go ahead. That person has now lost the protection of the courts to be protected that his business will not be harmed. Because he's hurting your business, we give you the rights now that you can do what you want in order to hurt his business. So Russia is Yored Imolachayev. Yored Imolachayev, you can go down and take away his parnosa. Anyway, the point is, you want to give me an example of to the extent you can make a Gilgul Shvur, you cannot make a Gilgul Shvur that somebody should have to defend himself that he's not an Evid Kanani. That makes no sense. So El Amarava, Hishavali Shalonim Kartali Be'evid Ivri. So he says that would be the case. Because Evid Ivory, that's not, you can say to somebody, and you call someone an Evid Ivory, you're not saying he's not a Jew, you're not saying he can't marry anyone. So therefore, that's the case. That You can use that if a guild goes for. Normally you go over to someone and say, you have to swear to me, you're not my Evid Ivory, you can't do that. You have a case of a Chiyuv Shvur anyway, then you can make him also take a note, that you're not my Evid Ivory. So Gmona says like this, Lachora, what's such a big Chiddush on that? That you're saying that's the extent. Look, it's showing how novel you could roll over a shvur. The choro, you're telling somebody saying, you're saying that he's an evid ivri. All you're saying is you owe me six years worth of service, which is a financial thing. I paid you that you should be working for me, and you're not working for. That's it's a financial claim. It's like a regular claim. It's like you owe me a thousand dollars. Why is that a big chiddush to say that somebody should have to roll, be, be able to roll over? A shvur that he's not an evidence. It's no different than any, any other financial claim. So I'm a rover. So Lord says the chayra evet ivri high to antem al yosi. That's a regular. It's a it's a it's a it's a normal claim to say there's a gilgul and that's not a chiddush. Ma'amoyna is like abe means you owe me a thousand dollars. That's what's that's not a chiddush. So he says, no, Rav Latameh, Rav fits what we learned before. Because Rav Shitu was, Amar Rav, Evid Givri Gufa Konoi. Rav learned that it's not just the Evid Kanani that's Gufa Konoi, that you own the, own the physical, uh, asset of the Evid. <coughs> he learned that by an Evid Ivri as well. Now, what does that make? That makes it like, it's like, he's, he's like your, your, your real estate. So therefore, the novelty is that you can make somebody take an oath on Evid Ivri. is like Karka means, because on, it's telling you that even, uh, that you can make him take an oath, even though he's considered like Karka. So Gemara says, so Karka. So then it's no different than Karka, then it's no different than our Mishnah. What's the Chiddush? If he's considered like, he's like, he's not like, uh, it's not like a regular financial claim. It's like a Karka claim. But we learned the Mishnah in Kedushin that what? The Gilgul Shvur works on Karka. So again, what's the novelty of saying that you can make somebody take an oath that he's not your Evid Ivri? Smorah says like this, there is a difference. Remember we learned yesterday that in, that land, generally people did not want to publicize their selling land. Why don't they want to publicize their selling land? Because it shows that they're, they're cash 
their their cash flow is tight, and therefore they're not going to have the upper hand in, in, in business dealings. So therefore, I could I could say like this that maybe Gilgal Shvur works in a case of Karka because Karka people didn't know about the transaction, and therefore this is the way to get you to make an oath on something that people didn't know about. But even if you tell me that an Evid Ivri on a halachic basis is dealt with like Karka, nevertheless people were not embarrassed in terms of purchase or sell of Evid Ivri. It was a publicized thing. And therefore you might think that if it's therefore, maybe you would not be able to roll over sure that somebody has to swear that he's not an Evid Ivri, because if that actually, that person wasn't Evid Ivri, then what? Everybody would know about it. It's a publicized thing. So maybe there would be no Gilgul Shvur on the case of Evid Ivri. Kamash Malan that there's still, that you could still do a Gilgul Shvur that somebody's not your Ebed Ivri. Morris is like this, Mao the same, you might have said, that by land, people generally sell land in, in private, and therefore, im iso, the zavin lay, then therefore, if there was such a sale, lace kala, lace kala, there would have been not, uh, uh, there would not, not have been, it would not have been publicized, so therefore, that's why we understand you need a Gilgul for that, because it's something that people didn't know about. But hi, but in the case of Evid Ivri, im iso, the zabin, if this person was sold, as an Evid Ivri, Kala Islay, there would have been, everybody would have known about it. And therefore, to say that you, he was sold, and nobody knows that he was sold, maybe just assume that that's not a valid claim, we don't allow for Gil Vosfur, Kamash Malan. That's the Kiddush, that even there we allow for, that's the strength <laughs> of the, the outer limits of a Gil Vosfur. Let's go weiter. We've learned yesterday, and uh, a number of times before, that the Kesev does not acquire Metaltalin. Kesev, you cannot acquire metaltalin with Kesev, and with Kesev you need to have a, 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 a Mesira, with, with metaltalin you need to have either a, a, a Mesira, Hagbah, whatever the, the uh, but you don't, you don't use uh, Meshicha, you don't use, uh, you, you cannot use Kesev to make, acquire metaltalin. Chalipin, right, one of the Kenyanin that works on metaltalin is Chalipin. Today we're going to discuss something we've touched on a number of days already before, is that chalipin, there's generally two types of chalipin. One is shava b'shava, is that there's two things that are equal. It's like a border. Alright? Then, uh, then that's one type of chalipin. Then there is the ceremonial type of chalipin, is where, uh, one, where there's a machlokas actually, tanoyim, whether it's the buyer or the seller, uh, gives over an item that's learned out from the Pasuk by Boaz, when they use the shoe. To, with Ploni Almoni to purchase the, 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 the properties of the dead, uh, of the, of the deceased. So we learn out Chalipin over there that works with a shoe. And the question is, does it work with other things as well? So there is a discussion. We're going to discuss it today as well. Is can you use money as a ceremoniously for Chalipin? I can use a handkerchief. Can I also use money? Is Kesev work Chalipin? Does, does, uh, payros, does edible items, non-vessel type items work for Chalipin as well? That's going to be discussed, uh, in this Mishnah. The Mishnah is going to be two or three ways to understand the Mishnah. So let's learn the Mishnah right now, according to explanation number one. Kol damim Anything that generally is exchanged for something else. What is the usual instrumentality of exchange? Mm-hmm. Money. So anything, which is money, money which is normally exchanged for something else's value, <laughs> though as soon as the 
the, the seller acquires the money, means the buyer gives the seller the money. So as soon as the seller has acquired the money, Neschayev Zebechalifov, the buyer takes responsibility for the item even if the item has no, not yet come into his domain. So basically, if, if we're learning it this way, the Chiddush of this is telling us that even though Kesef would not be able to function as, quote-unquote, the Kenyan Kesef, but you could use the Kenyan of Kesef as a form of Chalipin, and therefore, if it works like Chalipin, we're assuming now that it would be that the, uh, the buyer would give the vessel in Chalipin to the seller. So as soon as the buyer has given the money as Chalipin to the seller, then at that point, the item that he is trying to buy becomes his. So now it becomes his responsibility no matter where that uh, artifact or where that, that item is. Good? Good. All right. Ketzad. Now, what's an example of this? Now, the problem is the example is not going to fit the explanation. The one is going to point that out as well. What's an example of this concept? Hechliv shor bepara. If we have an exchange, an ox for a cow, or chamar b'shor, or a donkey for an ox, keven shezachazeh, as soon as the seller has acquired the item, the buyer is now takes responsibility for the item, no matter where it is. He becomes odd. Now, obviously, the question... What's that? That makes sense. That makes sense. But if the first opening statement was telling me that Kesev can do Chalipin, then why are we switching to an example of a shar and a, an ox and a cow? You should have given the example of money. If you want to give Ketzad. Okay. That's going to be an issue dealt with in the Gemara. Let's see. Let's, let's see let's, but that's the mission. The Havim is going to be talking about money can do chalipin, and then it gives an example of switching two animals. Chalipin, mainihu. So, what are we discussing that's being exchanged over here? What's it telling us works mitzad chalipin? Lechora matbeya, coinage. You're telling me money. Money, you can do machalipin with money. So, shmami, no, are we to derive from this matbeya nasa chalipin that then you could use money for chalipin? The problem with that says Rashi, yes, it is a big debate in Masechet Bab Metziah, Taf Vav. But the halacha is that we learn out that chalipin, that kesev, cannot do, we don't allow kesev to do chalipin. L'chorah says, how do you understand this Mishnah? Right? So Rabbi Yehuda, so Rabbi Yehuda says, you're right. So let's shelve. Explanation number one, the way we explain the Mishnah, is going to be shelved. And actually, we're not talking about doing chalipin with kesev. So what are we talking about over here? Achi ka'amar. Kol anishum domim ba'acher. Anything that has to be evaluated... Any item that you have to calculate or estimate or evaluate what it's worth before you can exchange it, that's what we're talking about. Basically, the Mishnah is telling you exactly the opposite, that in order to do chalipin, it has to be with something that you don't know its value right away. The only thing you don't know its value, the only thing you do know its value right away is money. So therefore, that's what it's telling you the opposite. Call on nishum. Anything that has to be calculated before it's exchanged, that's where you can use for chalipin. Okay? So therefore, and therefore on that item, if the buyer gives it to the seller and the seller has acquired it, then the buyer becomes responsible for the exchanged item. 
And Dekanami says the Mishnah, I'll prove to, says the Gemara, I'll prove to you this has to be the correct shot in the Mishnah. Why does this have to be the correct shot in the Mishnah? Because from the continuation of the Mishnah, clearly the Mishnah is not talking about Kesef. Because look at the continuation. What does the continuation say? Dekanami, Dektani, Ketzad. What's the example of the halacha being taught of whatever works for Chalipin? It switches, talks, talk about, and it's switching animals one for the other. So Shmami, no, clearly it's not shot. Clearly we were not talking about money when that can do chalipin. We're saying the exact opposite. We're saying is money cannot do chalipin. Only things that you can do chalipin with are what? Something that has to be calculated in order to exchange it for the other value, which is not cash. That's what it's telling you. So shmami no. That's what that's what the Gemara. So now the Gemara in the explanation number two, we're actually talking about non-cash items. When you do chalipin, as soon as the buyer gives the item to the seller, the seller now he does no longer owns the item that he's selling. It belongs to the buyer, no matter where it is. So says the Gemara like this. The Gemara doesn't want to leave this rock unturned. Obviously, the fact that we had a Havamina that it meant money must mean on some level we could have worked it out in the Mishnah. So what was the Havamina? Someone says, To that, based on what we originally thought, Mikara originally, that it's telling you that that is money and that money, you could do Chalipin with money. So then, my Ketzad, how did you explain the second half of the Mishnah? So let me explain it outside, then we'll see it inside. So what I was going to say is like this. There actually is a big machlokas amuroyim, how to understand what you can use for chalipin. The pasuk, the source of the pasuk, as I told you, is by Boaz, specifically says they used a nal. They used a shoe. So there is a opinion that we're going, that learns that, uh, I think it's Rab Nachman, that says that the fact the Torah says a shoe, it has to be a vessel. It has to be a utensil. The only thing you can use for chalipin, it has to be a garment, it has to be a vessel, but it cannot be money and it cannot be food. Food, produce, it can't be produce because that's not a nal. A nal is not a produce. What? One second, wait a second. So therefore, the point is, so there is one opinion that says that the other opinion learns out, no, the only thing that maybe you cannot use is money, but you can use payrolls, you can use produce as well. So says the Gemara, the Havamino, at least according to the initial understanding, basically was, was saying like this, is that Kesef you can do Chalipin with. Obviously, if you learn that you can do Chalipin with Kesef, what are you telling me? That when the Torah says now... It's lavdafka. It means it opens it up to everything, and the pr- and therefore that's how it reads. And therefore you can use kesef. And if you can use kesef, for sure you can use payros. You can use produce. It doesn't have to be kalim. And def- and the example that we're not limiting it to kalim. It gives an example of two produce type items. Now the the way the Gemara reads it, and I'll explain to you a moment why Rashi says it. What Rashi says about it, the Gemara says we're not actually even talking about a shore or a chamor itself, it's basar shor, and basar chamor, to bring this item out, to bring it out even more powerfully, that it does not have to be a vessel, it does not have to be a utensil. And Rashi says, the reason it's doing this, is the truth of the matter is, that a shor itself, and a chamor, even before it's been slaughtered, 
is also really a peri produce, it's not a kli. But you could have made a mistake, you could have thought that if it's before it's been slaughtered, because what's a vessel? A vessel is a, a vehicle that brings you to the next step of benefit. So you could argue that maybe a the living animal is really not considered to be peri, maybe it should be considered a kli, so therefore, that's why it gives the, 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 the we're learning the, the example of Mishnah. It's not talking about the animal itself. It's talking about the meat from that animal. Because the meat from that animal for sure is considered peiri. But anyway, the havamin of the Gemara would have been. The havamin of the Gemara would have been. It's telling you that we're not darshaning nal dafka. It means even kesev works, even peiri works, and it gives the example of peiri. That's what would have been the havamin of the Gemara. Let's see it inside. Yeah. What's that? Well, I know, animals, eat, I mean, uh, dogs eat it, uh, people eat it in South America, it's very popular. All right, so why is it like this? Salam, yeah. All right. Yeah, mm. Okay, uh, let's move on. So the word says like this. Um, yeah. What is the Ketzad? How is... The, uh, the, the right, what's the Havamina for? But, so, what was the Havamina? One second, let me just see. In terms of Hamor, was that the utensil being used or that's the thing that's being purchased? Hechliv Shor Bepara, Hamor Beshor. Hamor, I think, is what's being used to give to the Meicher and he's getting a Shor. Well, then you would have the Kasha, if that's what it means. No? Alright. I mean, the man may go the other way around, no, and then you're using the shore. It's the other way around. Yeah. All right, anyway, so the Gemara says like this. So says the Gemara as follows. So, uh, how, what would we have thought? So, the Gemara says like this. Kesev works because we don't darshan na'al davka, and therefore also peiros nami avdi chalipin, keitzan. And what's the example then, since we're not darshan na'al davka, the kesev and peiros will work? Hechlif basar shor bepara, ubazna, you're right, it says basar chamor beshor. It says basar chamor beshor. So therefore, so keven shazachazen is chayv bechalipin. So therefore, that's, well, that's how you would have learned the havamina. Right. So Gmona says like this. So Gmona says, that this whole explanation that we're saying over here is we're talking about Chalipin and even we switch, we're not talking about Kesef but we're even talking about anything that's evaluated for money and it switches and it says and therefore you can use animals or the meat of animals he says that only works according to Rav Sheshis Rav Sheshis Taka learns that you don't dash in Nal Dafka and Nal means more things as well what are you going to do according to Rav Nachman he holds that Peros when you do Chalipin you have to Dafka use uh, Kalim so according to Imbesklau, how do you understand the Mishnah? No, no, in the Maskana. Because according to Rashi, an animal is not a kli, an, anim- an animal is food. So my southern, how could you say, according to him, you can't use an animal for chalipin. So how do you understand the Mishnah altogether? Alright, that's the kasha. So Gemara says like this, what are you going to say? So now we're going to say a third explanation. So first explanation was using Kesef. Second explanation was not Kesef. But both explanations came out that you could use Peros. According to Rav Nachman who says you can't use Peros, we need to have a third way of understanding our Mishnah. What's the third way of understanding the Mishnah? 
So my ikala neymar, hachika amar. This is what it's saying. Now, this is going to be a big drag on just in terms of how to understand it. So listen carefully outside and then we'll see it inside. What the Gemara is going to tell us is that there is a type of Kenyan Kesef even though normally Kesef does not acquire Kesef does not acquire Metaltalin, you need to use Masira, you can't use Kenyan Kesef. And also you cannot use Kesef for Chalipin, you can't use Kesef for Chalipin either. There are cases where Kesef will work as Kesef that is similar to a case of Chalipin. So again, that's what's going to come out of here. That normally Kenyan Kesef money doesn't work for Metaltalin number two. Kesef doesn't work for Chalipin, but there are cases when you're using Kesef and it's going to work similar to a case of Metaltalin. What's the case? What, how does that work? So the case is going to be like this. Let's say... Ruvain sold Shimon a donkey. Or let's make it in the case of it. Ruvain sold Shimon an ox for a thousand dollars. So what happens now? Shimon owes Ruvain a thousand dollars. Right? He has to pay that's payment. He owes he has, so there's a debt. He has a debt of a thousand dollars. That Kenyan went through because he did Mashicha. The owes Shimon took the, the ox, he has the ox, he owns the ox, and now he owes a thousand dollars. What if Ruvain says to Shimon, you know what, you owe me a thousand dollars, but you have this gazunta looking cow that's in your front yard. I am willing to be Michael the thousand dollars. I'm willing to be Michael the thousand dollars if you will let that cow be mine. What, when is that Kenyan happen if both parties agree? comes along the Mishnah as Mechadish, that in such a case, it's similar. I am exchanging my thousand dollars for that you owe me. I'm being Michael you, the thousand dollars for your cow. That works as a Kenyan Kesef. That's working as a Kenyan Kesef. And the cow, as long as they both agree, then the cow will belong to Ruvain, to this, to, to Ruvain, even before he takes it. Ben, uh, I, if, if, if Kenyan Kesef, Kenyan Kesef doesn't work. How, even if you want to tell me, like Kedushin, we said you can't use a debt. The Mechilas Chov doesn't work for Kedushin. You're saying here it does work because not Kedushin. But even if you tell me it's working as Kesef, but the Chorah, we said Kesef is not Kona Metalton. So why here does it work? The Gemara is going to give an explanation. But that's the shot in the Mishnah. We're going to have to go back and read that into the Mishnah. What's that? Because it's similar. It's similar. You're exchanging the chov for the animal. Now, so what, but it's not. It's actually working as Kenyan Kesef. So the Mordechai says like this. So according to Rav Nachman, who says you can't do Chalipin on Paris, how is the Mishnah going to be working? Lechora Mishnah can't be talking about an actual act of Chalipin because Chalipin doesn't work with Peros. It doesn't work with Shor. It doesn't work with Chamor. So let's see like this. So says the Gemara, El Rav Nachman, Damar Peres Lo Avdi Chalip in My Ikel Meimar. What are you going to say? Hachi Amar Yesh Domim. There's cases of Kesef Shehen Kechalipin that might be similar to a case of Chalipin and it works. Mitzad Kinyan Kesef Keitzad Hechliv Dmei Shor Beporo. If you switch the outstanding debt that is owed to you for the ox. 
you switch it for a cow. Or you have that an, a donkey was sold and now the guy owes you a thousand dollars for the donkey and you want to switch it for his ox. In that case, it works. My time, what's the reason? Why should it work? It's the Kesef has been Kona and you own, you, as soon as he agrees to do it, you own the animal, even if it hasn't, you haven't done Mashiach on it, you haven't done any, it hasn't left his location, you own it. Why does it work? Normally we say Kesef doesn't work. Right? So my time, what doesn't work? Rav Nachman will hold like Rabbi Yochanan in that machlokus about whether or not Kesef works Minat Torah. To Amar, Dvar Torah, Moz Konos. That he holds that Minat Torah, the only Kenyan for Metaltalin was Kesef. Minat Torah, you give money, that's how you call it Metaltalin. As soon as the money's been given, you own the item, even if the item hasn't left Possession. the seller's Possession. domain. Why did the Chachamim say that money is not going to do it? The Kenyan has to require taking possession of the item. What is the reason of that for that? Because I made a We're afraid that if Kesef's Kona and you haven't taken possession and a fire breaks out in the home of the seller or in the warehouse of the seller, he now has no... Um, incentive to try and save the items. Why? Because he's not responsible for them anymore. And therefore, to avoid that from happening, we said the Kenyan only goes through after so Meshicha. So normally Meshicha wouldn't have worked in Torah. The Chachamim came along and said Meshicha works. Kesef doesn't work. But Mils is a shchir gozerabonim. The Chachamim made Kesef not work when it's the normal case of how Kesef is working. But Mils is the loshchir. This is a very un, uh, not normal, abnormal situation that the guy says, "No, the money I owe you for the donkey said we switch for the ox." That's not a normal case. So in that case, the gzera doesn't apply. And since the gzera doesn't apply in that case, therefore what? You can use the regular case of Kesef. So Kesef will work, and therefore, if you agree that my mechilas then my debt will be Michael to you if you give me your cow. That will work like a Kenyan Kesef. And when does the Kenyan take place? As soon as the owner of the animal agrees and agrees to that the loan forgiveness should be the payment, then it'll be transferred to him. That's the way it works. Let me just finish reading aside. Therefore, since the Dabbers Mizgal Shchiach Lo Gazuba Rabban and the Chachamim did not make the Xera. Yes. If Kesef works, it's more of a reason that the seller won't try to save the animal because it's now transferred to the buyer. That's correct. What? And that's why Kesef doesn't work under normal circumstances. So, well, so only where there's normal circumstances that they make the Xera, Kesef won't work, you need Mashiach. Okay, Since this is a, such a w- w- far-out case, the Xera is not... We don't have the Xera. Even though it's true, it should apply in this case too, but they never applied the Xera to this case. It's not so really Kesef. Because it's double loshchir, it's not a common scenario. <coughs> so not a common scenario. The animal instead of the kesef, where the person is willing to say, "My loan forgiveness will be purchasing the animal." All right, says the Gemara. This all works according to Rabbi Yochanan. But what about Lereish Lokish? The Amar Meshicha Mefureshes Minatora. He held Rebekona Miyad Liyad. Reish Lokish learns that really the main Kenyan Minatora on Metaltalin is Meshicha. 
is Mashiach. Means Kesef never works, according to him. Now, according to him, you have a problem here. Because according to him, Kesef never works. The din was you have to use Mashiach, which is what you use. So then how does it work in our Mishnah? You can't come up with this case, because this case relies on Kesef working. But according to Rish Lokish, Kesef never works for Metaltalin. So even if you say loan forgiveness will work like Kesef, but according to Rish Lokish, that's not going to help you. So what's Rav Nachman going to do if he wants to try fit into the opinion of Reish Lakish. He only works according to Rav Yochan. doesn't work according to Reish Lakish. So what would be good is if he learns the Mishnah, if he, wa- if he learns the, uh, or at least not, it's not asking the other way around. Rav Yochan and Reish Lakish are, are later. It means how is Reish Lakish going to learn? Reish Lakish is not going to be able to learn like, like Rav Nachman learned. Because according to Rav Nachman, you have to say that the Kesef has been Kona. And according to Reish Lakish, Kesef is never Kona. So if he learns like Rav Sheshis, that Peros... Yeah works, so then he can explain our Mishnah that it's talking about the, the, the second explanation, it's going like Peros. Damar Peros Avdi Chalipin. It's Matarat's Kerab Nachman. But if he holds up Rav Nachman's opinion that says Peros Lo Avdi Chalipin and Madbeya Lo Koni, and he also holds you can't acquire with money, so then how are you going to learn? And none of the way, none of the, none of the cases are going to work according to him. So by Mukila, how are you going to explain it? So Gemara says, Al Kocha Kerab Sheshes Firle. So it must be the only the other way to learn is he taka holds like Rav Sheshis. No other way to learn. He has to hold like Rav Sheshis that says Peros Abdi Chalipi and he learns that the Mishnah is talking about over here it's a Kol Anissim Dami anything that has to be evaluated for something else. We're not talking about money working. It's Peros working and the Chiddush is Peros do Chalipi and doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be a Kli. Gentlemen have a good day.